right here, we have a great opportunity, don't we, to build momentum for the year. Amen? The year is what? Six, we're in our sixth day already, but here we are. You have an opportunity right now to build, ask God to build momentum in your life. I love that word, momentum. It's, it's when something gets a push, when something starts. And, and I believe Harvestine Church, this Sunday and Wednesday night and the weeks to come, we're going to get some momentum, amen? And so this is an opportunity to build momentum. And my prayer is that we allow God, you allow God, to take you to new levels. I was sharing with someone yesterday, when you get around people that have uh, uh, walked through some things, when you get around, I'm already sensing in my spirit, when we, when we have Pastor John and Rachel in this house, they're going to challenge us to go to a new level. Amen? How many say amen to that? They're coming from a nation where people will walk miles and, 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 and stand outside and just... They don't have, like, seats and all these things that we have. And, and so they come to the U.S. And so I'm, I'm believing when you get around people like that, it stretches you, it challenges you, it takes you to new levels. Uh, for me personally, when I'm around someone, somebody, many of you know Randall Bach. When I'm around Randall, even for a few minutes, I, I kind of feel like I need to do some things in my life differently, right? He, he has a, there's an excellence there. And so I believe God is going to take us to new levels. And that word momentum is powerful. When I, when I was a kid, my parents might remember our church in Iowa, we would go to this park, and, and I remember that, that they had this tire swing. It probably seemed like it was uh, 50 feet tall. If I went back there now, it's probably five feet tall. You know how that is? You go back to things you thought were huge when you were a kid, and you realize it wasn't so big. But at, when I was a kid, we had this place we would go to as a park, a church. I don't know if you remember, but there's this tire swing and, and it was probably super dangerous. And how many know back then, we just did things that nowadays no one would ever think of, right? Like when I was a kid, I hate to say this, but I remember sometimes every, taking a nap in the dashboard area of the car, right? Or, or riding around town without a helmet on my bike and, and riding my bike all day across town. And so we would go on this tire swing, but I was small. And I remember I would just kind of sit in the swing and I would wait for someone to push me. And there was this ravine that you would swing way out. And, and as you got momentum, you would just kind of go higher. And, and it would just kind of keep going for a while. But until somebody would push me, I remember I would just sit there and I would just kind of spin. Because my feet didn't touch the ground. And I needed somebody to push me. Now, thankfully, I had a brother and some friends. And maybe my, my, my dad, they would come and just give me an underdog. How many remember what an underdog is? Do you ever call it an underdog? When you push somebody really good. How many, how many of you are really good pushers on a swing? There's a right way to push someone on a swing. Because if you push them up too much, you're going to flip them off. Right? So there's a right way to do an underdog. And so somebody would give me that underdog and get that momentum started. And I would swing way out across that ravine and come all the way back. And I would just sit there for a long time. But many times if no one would push me, if there was no momentum, I would sit there and I would just kind of on my own just spin because I couldn't do it on my own. And how many know life is like that? Many times we just kind of spin. We just kind of try to do things on our own. And sometimes God has to push us, amen, to give us a little momentum. Because a lot of times if we're doing things on our own, it's like sin. Sin is just kind of spinning in the same place. And how many know if you spin it in, in, in something for a while, you're going to get sick. 
Some people I know, some people in this room, you like spinny rides. But there are some of you in this room, I put you on a spinny ride for a few minutes and stuff's coming out that you didn't know ever went in. <laughs> so momentum is something that I'm praying for as our church. And some of you, I believe, right now are standing in front of something in your life. I, I, I sense that right now, many of you in this room, you don't realize God has put something in front of your life. And it's your opportunity to choose to walk into that thing or to stay where you're at. And there's a place that God wants you to go, a new place. And you just need a little push, a little momentum. We're going to go to the book of Genesis chapter 45. This is a, a, a very familiar story. I love the story of Joseph. And Joseph is in this opportunity in life. Matter of fact, I believe I have a little quote I want to put up on the screen about Joseph and this opportunity. Joseph is in a position of power in Genesis chapter 45. We're going to summarize what's happened. But he's in a position of power and his brothers come. But what happens next in his life depends on what he does in this moment. And I believe that God gives us some moments in life that we can either choose to stand and watch or ask God to push us so we can get momentum. Amen. And I'm, I'm declaring that 2019 is a moment for us as a church, as individuals, that you have an opportunity to make that decision. God, will I, will I do what you asked me to do or I stay in the same spot and spin? So Genesis chapter 5 is a story. And if you remember, jo- uh, Joseph has been on a, a whirlwind tour of life. When he was 17 years old, his, his, his father, Jacob, which means Israel, gave him a tunic or a coat of many colors. And it was probably beautiful. It, it made them jealous. But his brothers were also jealous because he was highly loved and favored by his father. And he was also uh, able to interpret dreams. And so they, they were jealous of him. And he was the favored son of his father. And so what happened was his brothers sold him into slavery. Now, there's some bad stuff that siblings do. That probably is the top of the list right there, right? <laughs> We're going to sell you into slavery. And so that was his, that was his history. And, and things not only got worse, they got a lot worse during his life between this verse we're going to read in Genesis 45 and where it all began from him being sold into slavery. He, he had all kinds of tests and trials. He was put in prison. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife uh, and on and on and all these things. And his life was many times in danger. And I'm sure there were times when he prayed to God, God, if you would just get me out of this situation, I will follow you. But how many know sometimes God allows us to go through the situation? Amen. God allows us to go through things so that when we come out of it, we are stronger, we are better. Amen. And we are trusting in God more. And so that's his situation. And now in 45, he's in this position of power. And his brothers have come. So now Joseph, who went from being a a slave to a prisoner, to falsely accused, is now the chancellor to the man in charge of Egypt, the Pharaoh. And he's there, and he's interpreted the Pharaoh's dreams correctly, so the Pharaoh has, has uh, 
you know, high praise of him. And the Pharaoh gives Joseph this amazing position of power in Egypt, a position where he can, with a word, have somebody persecuted. He's in an amazing position of power now. And all these years have passed. And guess who comes back? His brothers. The Bible says that they did not recognize him. They didn't recognize the man that he become. How many know sometimes in life, life changes us, and, and we can go through life, and things happen, and people who we once knew don't even recognize us anymore, amen? And I pray they don't recognize us because of the power of God in our life, not because of the sin that we've fallen into, but because of the sin that we've come out of, amen? So now he's in a position of power. And the Bible says in Genesis 45, verse 1, Joseph could stand it no longer. His brothers are in front of him. They're there. They're asking for, for help because there's been a drought and they have no food, no grain. And they've come and asked for some help. And they're there and they're, there were many people in the room. And he said to his attendants, he said, out all of you. So he was alone with his brothers. And remember, they didn't recognize him. And when he told them who he was, then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians could hear him. And the word of this quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. And and he said to his brothers, he said what? I am Joseph. Up to this point, they didn't know who he was. And and they didn't understand uh, uh, his power because he looked so different from the last time they saw. And I'm sure they couldn't even comprehend that their, their, their brother that they sold into slavery ended up in this amazing position of power. But here they are in this moment, and he identifies himself, and he says, I am Joseph. See, the test comes not only when you go through the trials, because he went through some trials, amen. He went through prison. He went through falsely accused. But the test also comes when God gives you the opportunity to forgive. God gives you the opportunity to, to show somebody some grace back, amen. And how many know sometimes we just ask God, God, show me things through, through this situation, through this test, through this trial. But God sometimes teaches us more in the interpretation than he does in the event, Amen. I want you to understand something. How many know today you could come to church and, and your relationship could be event-based only? I went to church. I went to the Christmas program. I did these few things. And, and your relationship with God could be event-based. But I believe that God wants to cause a momentum in our life to have a relationship that is based on interpretation. Interpretation means I heard it and I did something about it. Amen? I, I don't just go to the event, but... Joseph interpreted the situation. He could have had his brothers killed, but he said, this is my opportunity, amen, to bring healing, to show favor, because God has been so good to him. And he's in this moment. He says, I'm Joseph. And his next question is this, is my father still alive? But his brothers were (laughs) were speechless, literally. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. And his his next thing he said is what? Please, come on, come closer. Come closer to me. And he said to them, I want you to come closer. I want you to think about the magnitude of this moment in this time. When When his brothers who literally almost destroyed his life, 
Has there been anybody in your life that, that literally, at one point in your life, you look back and you say, I, I never wanted to see them again. I never wanted to talk to them again because they literally hurt you so bad. And God gives you a moment later in life and they're standing in front of you and they need something. That is an opportunity we have as Christians, amen, to say, come closer because God has forgiven me and I want to forgive you too. See, when we begin to live our life like that, God builds momentum in our life. But many times people get stuck in bitterness and in shame and in hurt, and then they stop growing. They stop having momentum. Church, I believe that God wants us to have momentum this year like we've never had before in our life. But it starts with us saying, God, forgive me and help me to forgive others. Amen? Amen. Help me, Lord God. This question is this, this morning. And it was the question for Joseph, how will I interpret this moment? How will you interpret this moment right now today? How will you walk away from this service? I, I, I pray that you'll interpret this service as, God, you challenged me or you loved me, you encouraged me. I pray that your interpretation would always be, God, what do you want me to do with this? Not what did I just experience, but God, now what can I do with it? Wednesday night, you're going to have an opportunity, and I pray and I pray and I fast that you'll be able to be here, uh, that, that you will interpret, that not just come to an event. I'm not just coming to hear somebody that, that has been on TV, but I'm coming, God, to hear from you, God, and, and asking that the Holy Spirit would change some things in my life. Amen? That we would not just come to things and be there, but we would interpret it. God, what do you want me to learn from this moment? Joseph was there, and he had a moment. And so they came closer, and, and, and again, he said again, I'm Joseph. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's me, your bro, your brother, whom he sold into slavery in Egypt. And verse 5 is our assignment. It's my assignment. It's your assignment. But he said to them, he said, but don't be upset and don't be angry. This is amazing. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. Church, it is time to let go of the guilt and the shame. If you've asked for forgiveness in your life, amen, you got to quit being angry with yourself and walking around defeated. We are not defeated, but we are renewed. We are forgiven by the blood of the lamb, amen. In church, we need to start walking in this freedom that we live in, but people sometimes can't get, forgive themselves. And he says to his brothers, don't be upset, don't be angry. This is the moment that God has brought you to. And he says this. It was God who sent me. Wow. Not you. You know that thing that you thought you did? It was actually God allowing me to go through something to bring me to a new level. Amen? How, you know that thing that you went through, that trial, that test? How about you start looking at those things and start saying, God, you allowed me to go through this so that I could cling to the cross. Amen? He said, it was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Aren't you glad God is not bound by time or by days or months or what we think or ask? God does what he wants to do the way he knows what is best for us. Amen. God knew beforehand that this would happen so that he could preserve Joseph's family. And I noticed two things in this verse that contradict each other on the surface. And Joseph said, listen, Joseph said, you sold me, right? You sold me. And then he said, God sent me. You sold me, but God sent me. 
two things, two different ideas that contradict on the surface. When I was, when I was studying the text and, and in the Word and, and, and looking this over, and I, I say, well, which one is it? Which one, is, which one really is the reality here? You sold me or God sent me. And what God spoke to me was this, and I wrote it down real clearly for myself, is the first one is the event. You sold me. The second one is the interpretation. God sent me. The first one is what you did. But the second one is what I decided to do about what you did. Come on, somebody. The first one is what you did to me, but the second one is how I interpreted it. What you did for see God has given us an opportunity today. Some of you might just say, "Well, God, this is what this is what happened, and this is what the facts are." Amen. We understand that, but now you need to walk in the Spirit. Amen. And what the Holy Spirit says now, what will you do about it? What will you do with the gift that God has given you called salvation? How will you interpret the worship songs that you heard today? How will you respond to an area of giving and communion? See, God is not just about events. He's about interpreting the word of God. Amen? But sometimes some people are sitting on that tire swing, and they're just spinning, and they're spinning, and they're spinning, and they just need someone to give them a little push. And I'm praying that 2019, that you'll say, Holy Spirit, would you push me? Would you give me some momentum? Because I got some things in my life I've been doing, spinning in the same stuff day after day, week after week, month after month. And some of you in this room, I'm just declaring that all, you, all of you in this room are ready to quit spinning in your own mess and ask God to push you. Amen? It's the interpretation. It's not the event that determines the momentum of your life. It's, it's not just the going to an event. I went to church. Oh, I, I, I did these things. It's, it's not the event that determines the outcome of the season or the, the trajectory of your walk with God. Because we all have a, a certain trajectory in our walk with God. I pray that your trajectory is moving up. Amen. I don't want to see anybody's trajectory going down. I used to be on fire for God. I used to serve. I used to give. What made you stop? Because God's still God. Amen. He still loves you just the same. So I pray that your trajectory is, is always going up. God, I want, to be, I want to be closer to you. I want to move closer to you. I want to do more for you. I want to give more because I'm getting closer to the end of this walk on earth. Whether you like it or not, it is true, amen, that we all have eternity waiting for us, and that's forever. So this is the moment. This is your interpretation of what God is doing in your life. And the events and how you respond to it. So he's there with his brothers. And I'm sure he could have, I mean, like, hey, I mean, you're the guys. You literally pushed me into this pit. You literally sold me into, you know, it happened. I can't change it. I, I can't, I can't, you know, deal with it anymore. I've dealt with it. It happened. Uh, it wasn't right. You broke my heart. You left me alone. I was, I was a teenager. You should have been there for me, but you weren't. These are his brothers. They should have been there for him, but they weren't. And, and, they, and, and you sold me, but God sent me and started this momentum. You sold me, but God sent me. 
See, sometimes sin and the enemy will try to sell you to believe the lies that aren't true about yourself. The enemy tries to convince you that you're not worthy. You messed up. You can't go on. God is done with you. But how many know that you can say, God, I'm going to take this situation that was bad, but I'm going to ask for forgiveness and ask God that now you send me, amen, so that I can help somebody else to not go into that same pit that I went into. See, church, it's not about just going to the event, but it's about asking the Holy Spirit now to interpret what you heard, what you felt, what you experienced. Amen? Because I got news for you. When I stand in worship, many times I feel things, but I'm like, Lord, I don't know what I'm feeling. Can you help me understand what I'm feeling? Amen? Can I, can I ask you a question this morning? Are you ready for God to move you into new things? Are you ready for God to push you a little bit? Because sometimes the push is a little scary. Depends on who pushes you. Like I said, some people will give you that nice little gentle push. It's all going to be okay. Some people push you to a new level, though. They say, listen, you're going to have to trust. You're going to have to have a little bit of faith. Amen. So this is where we're at. It's not two separate realities. It's one event with two interpretations. For Joseph. And I ask this question also. Do you want to live in the event of Christianity? Or do you want to live in the revelation that God has more for your life? Because Christianity can be just an event. Christianity can be a Facebook post. Christianity can just be saying nice things to people. But how many know, like, like Instagram, you see that nice picture of that family? I got news for you. With all their kids that all look so happy and perfect. It took them five minutes to get their kids to settle down. They settled down for three seconds, and they started biting each other again. I mean, no, nobody's reality is always what they make it seem like, but it's the interpretation. And so, I see, I used to always ask, I, I would expect God to always answer my prayers with intervention. I always thought God would answer every prayer I asked with intervention, but then I, I studied and the more I read the story of Joseph and I, and I looked over the scriptures, I realized that in many situations, God did not choose to intervene for Joseph. And many times God did not change the situation at all. God allowed Joseph to be sold into slavery. God allowed Joseph to go through temptation. God allowed Joseph to go to prison. God allowed these things. And, and I used to think it always had to work one way. And I always thought that God had to work one way, that he would intervene for my situation. If, if, if I just had enough faith, if I just have enough faith, God will intervene and change everything the way I want it to change. And then a few situations came into my own life, and the situation didn't change the way I thought it would change or I wanted it to change. The situation didn't change, but I have news for you. The more I prayed, the more I started to change. Let me say that again. Many times we want the situation to change. God, if you just change the event, if you change the circumstance, but many times God doesn't change the situation because he's more interested in you changing than the situation. So don't, don't get upset. Don't sweat too much that you have to go through some things because God's ultimate purpose 
is that you and I change. Amen? How many know if God just changed every situation, we might just sit back and say, man, this is awesome. I don't really have to do much or change. God just takes care of everything for me. But God says, I want you to change. And how many know Joseph changed? Because he went through all those situations and he saw the favor of God in his own life, he changed. And now he could stand before his brothers and say, come closer. I pray if there's anyone in your life that that there's some bitterness, some pain, that you'll have an opportunity as a Christian, amen? Come on, somebody. As a Christian, that we can can be the leaders and say, I want to ask for you to come closer. Let's talk. I I want there to be some healing in this relationship, amen? I need an interpretation of what I'm going through in my life. Maybe you say today, I need an interpretation. I'm going through some things in my life. And maybe in that situation, what God is really doing, he's saying, if you only knew that I'm changing you more than your situation. Because some situations will change. Praise God. Amen. But there are some situations that won't change. But listen, that doesn't mean God's not at work. How many know God is always at work? But maybe sometimes he's working on you more than your situation. And if he changes you, how many know, then the situation will change. Because many times we cause the situation. Sometimes we're our biggest mess maker and we've caused the situation. So God says, if I can change the one who made the mess, maybe there won't be so many messes. Come on. And then maybe sometimes the church can quit putting out their own fires all the time. And we can go out and start fires for Jesus. we got to change the situation in our interpretation, but it all starts with the momentum. It all starts with that push. It all starts, and I said this, and this is a great opportunity at the beginning of the year to say, God, this year, I'm not just going to go to the event. I'm not just going to kind of go through the motions, but God, I'm literally going to live out what you say, and I want you to move in my life. I I I need you to show me why my marriage is struggling. I need you to show me while I'm still dealing with the same sin I've been dealing with. God, I need you to show me and so that I can interpret what I need to do to change. Amen? And how many know the change comes through Jesus Christ? He's always there. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. We are the ones that need to change. Need to change. See, one of the greatest gifts that the Holy Spirit gives that I believe, there's so many, but one of the greatest gifts that he gives is for us to interpret a situation. Right? According to your faith. Not according to your feelings. And I'm I'm learning this more and more and more in my life, and I have a long way to go, and I know we all do. But I have to learn to look at situations according to my faith and not according to my feelings. Because my feelings feel something different than my faith tells me sometimes. Sometimes my feelings say that I can't when my faith says, yes, you can. And so um, I had an opportunity to preach outside of the U.S. several many times years ago. And I've had that opportunity come in my life, and I, and I look forward to more opportunities. But um, I don't know if you've ever had the experience. Some of you probably had. If, if you ever had an interpreter, anybody in this room ever have an interpreter before for you? A few of you? Okay. Uh, the ones that I, I thought would, yes. You just recently did, Emily, too, probably. And so I, I, I've had interpreters preach for me. And I have, I've got to be honest, there's good interpreters, and there's some pretty bad interpreters. Because I, I, I remember one time in, in particular I was preaching and, 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 and I would say like, God is good. And my interpreter would talk for like a minute. 
I'm like, I didn't say all that. You're not interpreting what I said. You are adding to my story. And I would say, Jesus loves you. And they would go on for another minute and say like five sentences. And this happened. I, I kid you not. I'm like, is this language really this long? Or does this person just have a lot to say about what I said? How many know sometimes God could tell us something and our flesh interprets it a lot different than what God really said? And we begin to talk, and we begin to complain, and we begin to argue, and we begin to debate God. And God said, I just said that you need to change, and that's it. And then we begin to have a conversation. We begin to interpret what God said, and we begin to make it way longer, way more complicated than God ever said. Amen? God just said, what? Follow me. Amen? Be a fisher. Be, be a soul winner. And sometimes we interpret God way too much. And we try to put in our own word. God's trying to tell us something. And I believe many times the Holy Spirit speaks very clearly, doesn't he? And we interpret it many different ways. And how many know the enemy is the one behind all this nonsense and this lying? God says, I want you to do this ministry. I want you to witness to that person. How many know sometimes we interpret that as, well, God, I'm not qualified. I'm not a good talker. I'm not this. I'm not that. And God said, I didn't ask you all that stuff. You're interpreting me wrong. I said that you can do this. Amen? (laughs) And so sometimes we are the worst interpreters of the word. And God says, I just want you to hear my voice. God, I pray you give us the ability to interpret what you say in our life. Amen? I am just as guilty of sometimes making things way too big. Making mountains out of molehills. God says, I am a provider. Period. Many times we begin to debate God on that, right? Well, I don't know, God, if this happened, this happened. He said, don't interpret what I said wrong. I said, I am a provider. I didn't say I'm a sugar daddy. I'm a provider. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. God said in his word, if you give, it will come back to you. How many of people interpret that one really wrong? Well, I can't. I don't have enough money. I got to buy Starbucks. I got to go to the movies. I got to buy this. Oh, come on. Amen. Lord, I pray that we would learn to hear the word. I'm going to close in a minute. I need to finish these last three verses. This ends with amazing verses in Genesis 45. Verse 5 I'm sorry, verse 6. So he's told his brothers, I'm Joseph, come closer. In verse 6, talks about the famine. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years, will last five more. If you remember, he said seven years to the Pharaoh, and now he's telling them there's five more years, and there will be neither plowing or harvesting. It's going to be a really bad season. But, but God has sent me, brothers, ahead of you. How many know God is a provider? Amen. They could have interpreted that a lot different. They could have said, well, I'm not in the palace, and I don't have what you have. But they heard the word, and God said to him, God has sent me ahead of you to keep, to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. And so it was God who sent me here, not you, (laughs) exclamation point. God sent me. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh. Not Pharaoh. The manager of his entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. How many know it's God who puts us in places of power? 
He allows people to be used. He uses situations. And now he says, now it's up to you. At the beginning of this message, I made that statement. If you could put that, I think it was like the first slide I had up. Joseph is in this moment. He's in a position of power. But what happens next in his life depends on what he does in this moment. What happens next in your life The trajectory that your life goes happens with every decision that you make. And I used to say, decisions determine your destiny. That we have been given opportunities as a church, amen, to make moments to interpret God's word to reach people who need to be reached, amen. The moment that God has given us as a body of Christ right now, 2019, not 2018 anymore, but right now, this moment determines our trajectory as a church. And I pray that we would say, God, I want to take this moment and I want to make the most of this moment. I want to worship you as if this was my last day on the face of the earth. I want to love my family as if this was the last time I'd ever see them on the earth before heaven. God, I want to take this moment and make the most of it. Amen. I want to, I want to, when I, when I come in contact with people, God, this might be the only moment I ever have a chance to show the love of Jesus to this person, this moment. And I pray that we would interpret the moment and ask God for momentum. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. God is so good, so faithful. I wrote down some things that I want to speak over your life. And I want to ask if you just close your eyes. My wife, we were talking yesterday I, believe, I think we were talking with somebody from the church, from the house of God here, and we were talking about how worship, my wife was saying, especially there's praise and then there's worship, and she was talking about the area of worship. Praise is the celebration, right? Praise is the breakthrough. Praise is, is marching into the enemy's camp. And worship is gathering the goods after God has beat the enemy. And we were talking about worship. In that moment of worship, Sometimes you just have to close your eyes and block out all the distractions. And I believe my wife was talking about it. She said she literally will see the face of Jesus. And sometimes in worship, there's, that's, the enemy knows worship. He, he knows worship. He was a worship leader. He understands that there's power in this moment. And as we declare some things this morning, I pray that you would just ask God to reveal some things in your life. And I'm going to say some things. I'm going to declare some things over you today. And I'm I'm saying it in faith that this is a momentum starting day for for you. That this is a day you're going to interpret this day and say, God, this day was a monumental moment in my life. I've been spinning or I've been stuck. And God wants to push you higher. God wants you to step out in an area maybe you've been holding back. And interpret it differently. Don't listen. Don't listen to what others around you try to tell you if it's bad advice. Don't. You, sometimes there's gonna, always going to be people who speak against. But listen, you got to believe what God says about you. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want to say these few things. Church, keep praying. Keep trusting. Keep doing. Keep building. Keep encouraging. 
Keep visiting the sick. Keep edifying. Keep doing the work of the kingdom of God. Keep feeding the hungry. Keep giving. Keep serving. Keep fasting. Keep believing that you are important. Don't be weary. Don't give up. Even if you've had a setback, the Bible says that you will reap in due season. Keep on going. Keep on going. Father, now I pray this in Jesus' name that we will keep on going on. We will not stop where we're at. God, we will keep believing for greater things. We will keep speaking the truth. We will keep being the light in the darkness because you are the light and you dispel all darkness. God, we keep our eyes on you. God, that we would we would stay close to you. God, that we would be all that you've called us to be. God, I pray for those who are single in this room, that they would they would just keep trusting that you would show them which way to go and which way to turn. God, I pray for all the husbands in this room, that you would be the best husband that God has called you to be. You would love your wife, and if you have children with a love that you've never thought you could have, I pray for all the wives in this room, that you would love your family, your husbands, and your children with all that God has called you to be. Lord, I pray as parents, God, that our parents would raise their children up in a godly home, in a godly environment. May we be the the greatest example to our kids of Jesus Christ besides you, Jesus. God, may we be a living, breathing, walking testimony of people who love Jesus, who make mistakes, but we get back up. When we get knocked down, we get back up. God, I pray for for our, our students in school, God. Lord, as they face many things that we've never faced before as a society and a generation. God, I thank you for a generation in this church. There, there's, a, there's an element in this church of youthfulness, of excitement, of, of empowering, of, of, of changing that, that guard to the next generation, of handing the baton. God, that they would know that this is a place, God, that they can, they can flow in their gifts. God, I pray for our older generation. God, that they would not lose hope. That God, that they would that fan the flame, God, that would they would lead by example. Father, as a church, God, that we would this year more than ever before, Father, that we would see beyond ourselves and our walls. God, we would look for opportunities to be the good news because God, you are the good news and you're in us. And Lord, finally I pray that this is the year that that sin that that we've been struggling with, maybe there's someone in this room, I know there are all of us, have areas in our life because when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, sin and the Holy Spirit, they can't occupy the same space. It just doesn't work. God and sin don't mix. And so this is the year for that sin to go in Jesus' name. Does it mean you'll ever be sinless? No. But I said this many times. If you're new here, I said this. It doesn't mean you don't don't beat yourself up because you. It's not about being perfect or sinless because Jesus is the only one who is sinless, Amen, and perfect in every way. But it's about sinning less, and that sin that has kept you bound, kick it to the curb.
Lord, I pray right now for our Wednesday night service as we are releasing from this day, this time together. Lord, I pray over Pastor John and Rachel. I thank you for their desire to come to Harvest Land Church. Of all the hundreds of thousands of churches in America, Lord, they're landing here in our in our building, in our house. Lord, I pray that we would be ready, fasting, praying, believing, sharing, uh, doing whatever we have to do. Because, Lord, there will be people that are going to receive amazing healings. There's going to be a, a miracle anointing in this service, God. Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders, oh God. So, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity we have this day today that we interpret this day. We live our lives out now, God, in a fuller, more, more loving way. Let joy surround us in Jesus' name.